stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, my esteemed co-host is with me, and between Kathy and I... We have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. Kathy and I always want to bring you the best in current leadership topics, interviews with proven leaders, and provide evidence-based best practices that you can bring to your team so you and your team can enhance your leadership and enhance your performance. Today, um, Kathy and I are going to speak about the pursuit of happiness, and we're really excited about just doing the show ourselves. Typically, we always bring you top leadership uh, gurus and speakers and authors, but there's a lot of really interesting information that hits home for both Kathy and I. And let me say a word about Kathy. So you know Dr. Kathy Greenberg, anybody who's been listening to us since um, 2008, and now we have about 95 thousand downloads a month, our producer tells us, you know, throughout all the years, uh, over 200 plus shows, that uh, Kathy coaches leading executives and entire companies on her proven happiness equals profit work-life strategies. She's been named the first lady of happiness by ABC TV, and Dr. Greenberg has authored, authored multiple popular books on the science of happiness, like What Happy Companies Know, her latest Number one bestseller, What Happy Working Mothers Know. She has a brand new series uh, we've had on other shows about fearless leadership that's coming out very quickly. And she's also going to talk today, uh, you know, about a new uh, ebook that she has. And Kathy touches millions in it as a much in demand speaker, TV, radio, and media personality. Kathy's consultancy is called H2C uh, Leadership, stands for Happy Companies, Healthy people, and Kathy actively supports research on the subject of positive psychology, happiness, resilience, while offering friendly tips and tools to be your best at work, and she's also on ABC's The Morning Blend. She has a new free iPhone app if you want to see her glowing face on your iPhone or your iPad. It's called Your Happiness Now, and it's available uh, at the iTunes or uh, at your app store, and you can visit her at h2cleadership.com for free downloads and to access your true talents. And then Kathy and I both share a website and and do some shared uh, consulting together, www.xclinstitute.com, and there you can find, in addition, some free tools and articles and things that we both have. So, Kathy, welcome. Thanks, 
Shirelli, and it's going to be exciting to talk about one of my favorite subjects today and to have your support on the emotional intelligence portion of this. That's why we like to call our work emotional, uh, emotional and social intelligence combined. And today we're going to talk about the pursuit of happiness and what it's doing to us. Um, you know, since the Declaration of Independence, Americans have been free to pursue happiness, but there's no guarantee that we'll really achieve it. And the secret is really knowing where to look for it. You know, building on this great heritage, we're going to talk today about the news on the state of the art about the science of happiness and how it impacts our emotional and social intelligence. And it also is going to bring to light, hopefully for some of our listeners, new insights to focus on choosing to be joyfully responsive to circumstances such as factors uh, related to money or what we might call consumptive happiness. We're going to talk a little bit about the genetics of adventure and the long-term effects that has on our daring uh, immigration, you know, kind of where we wander to in life and wind up, our creativity and innovation and how our need for doing versus being can really decrease empathy while increasing pessimism, believe it or not. So we're hoping everybody's going to tune in with us today to tune up everybody's chances for more states of happiness with tools and tips from both of our books. And I'm going to share some new tips um, from our Leading Edge ebook, Top Secrets of the Best Companies to Work For, which will be out this year. And we're going to take a deeper dive into your book, Rally, the Leadership Keys Field Guide, and talk about more ways to be free, to be happier. And just before we get into that subject, Relly, I just want to make sure our audience is fully aware who my very special co-host has been for the last few years, and that is Dr. Relly Nadler. And Relly is a master-level certified executive coach, psychologist, corporate leadership, and team trainer. And Dr. Nadler brings his legendary expertise in emotional intelligence to all of his keynotes, consulting, coaching, and development programs. Dr. Nadler's newest top-ranked book, Leading with Emotional Intelligence, provides hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performers across industries. His highly respected work is the focus of countless business journals, blogs, and online news features, and his programs are a mainstay at leading Fortune 500 companies. You can visit him at truenorthleadership.com for free downloads to access your best performance through emotional intelligence, including his free iApp leadership keys. And, of course, that's available at the iTunes store. You can also pick it up in our uh, weekly news um, letters, uh, the True North Leadership Newsletter, the Excel Newsletter, and you can also pick it up at www.excelinstitute.com. Boy, that was a mouthful. So, I welcome both of us to today's show, Relly. How do you want to start? Thank you. Well, I'm excited, Kathy, to do this with you because I know this is, this is first, it's very timely because this is your expertise, you know, and, and along with mine. And I think if we go back to when we met in, in 2007, I was looking at some of the key competencies on emotional intelligence, which one was optimism. And we first, you know, you were a guest on the show then talking about optimism and happiness. And from that point, we said, oh, maybe we should combine this together. 
So really our, you know, expertise around happiness and emotional and social intelligence and, and resilience. And, and now for our audience, Kathy and I have done, you know, numerous programs uh, together, uh, bringing our expertise, Kathy's background, my background, I think um, really has accentuated what the client gets just because, one, having a male-female, and two, having, you know, two different perspectives, but really uh, very parallel. So I'm excited, Kathy, that when we get a chance to share some of the things that we've been doing. And oh, really- absolutely. And, you know, what's really, uh, I think, exciting to me about today's show is there is an annual report that comes out every year that um, certainly any of our readers um, can investigate after today's show that will give them even more information. And we're going to be posting a lot of this information to our joint website, www.excelinstitute.com. And it's free, right? So how much better does that get? (laughs) That's true. And so a lot of this, why this is so timely, one is our expertise, too. Just this week, um, the Time magazine came out, and they... uh, Every year, do something on happiness, and we said, "Oh, this is perfect, you know, for us to get a timely issue." The Pursuit of Happiness is the title for the summer double issue of Time Magazine. So we really wanted to highlight some stuff that's in there, but also from our own experience and, and background um, that can zero in on on some of the current research. But then we also want to share some specific tools. So hopefully, you'll walk away with today with a few things that you can immediately apply, you know, right after you listen to this. So, Kath, I wanted to ask, as we get going, we will usually ask this to our guests, especially around this happiness. What, what, uh, what kind of turned you on to studying happiness and, and you know, maybe that, that whole, you took a drastic turn from, from you being a senior partner, you know, at a big consulting firm. So how did, how did you get into all that? That's a really deep question, and I don't want to take up the whole show with my background. But, you know, just top of mind, what comes to my heart first was my own experience. And I was a very successful, very engaged executive in two of the world's largest consulting firms. That was Computer Sciences Corporation, followed by Accenture. Uh, I was working in all kinds of industries around the globe with fabulous people who are probably in our audience. And one of the things that unfortunately happened to me that happens to many successful people is you are lured by the travel, by what we call the, um, the element of service. And my sense of purpose was driven by satisfying the needs of many people around me, which is not unusual for women in general. But it led to a health issue. Um, It led me to sit back and think about what I was doing to my body every time I got on a plane to go serve one of my wonderful clients. And what I realized was I needed to stop and take inventory of my life, what was important, and how I could use this new science of happiness to change directions, recover, and bounce back off of this wall of life. And we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Riley, I'm going to ask you the same question. So you better prepare why you got this opportunity. Okay. <laughs> we'll be right back. You're listening to Leadership Development News. Don't go away.
Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Today, Kathy and I are talking about the pursuit of happiness. We want to present some of the kind of current cutting-edge research and then some of the specific tools that you can you can apply. So, Kathy, you before the break, you I asked you, you know, how uh, what allowed you to move into studying about happiness, right? And I and I'd love you to talk about how you got started studying happiness, emotional intelligence, yeah. organizational effectiveness. You know, I, I have grown up in a family business, and you know, it's actually third generation, um, and 
my dad always wanted me to go into the business, and, and it was a manufacturing business. And part of it was working for him. Part of it was the, the city where it was, was Patterson, New Jersey. Neither of those attracted me. And so I went the psychology route, but was always interested in business. And it wasn't until probably studying for my um, doctoral or my licensing exams started in, in some of the material was a lot of the organizational information, you know, from organizational psychology and consulting psychology. And I remember one of the things that stood out to me, that job satisfaction was a better predictor for how long someone lives than their eating habits, their smoking habits, and their exercise habits. And, you know, that was just alarming, you know, not really being that familiar with the literature at that point. And then switching from being a psychologist in private practice to working with organizations and doing executive coaching and team development and and then leadership training um, goes back to that point of how can people be, we spend so much time at work, how can we be more satisfied and make work better? And I think that led into understanding more about emotional intelligence and and resiliency and positive psychology, and those are the kind of the key aspects now that you know we both bring to organizations. So, really being evidence based, research based, but I think now having you know a lot of years sitting every day in a different organization, and every day working with executives, and every day working with different executive teams, and watching how they they live their life and what works and what doesn't work. So it's been uh, it's been great. Sometimes, Kathy, I call myself a professional voyeur because, you know, <laughs> probably like you, we're sitting in these situations, and you really see and hear everything. And at some points, I'm an audience. some points, I'm a director. Sometimes, I'm a script writer. You know, all the different roles that I may have within that. But then I'm able to, to leave, and the next day, I'll be a professional voyeur in a different organization. Yeah, and what's really great about that is you get paid to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I get paid and I'm able to go home where a lot of the folks go back to the same thing. So it does bring kind of a freshness of those fresh eyes to the situation. Well, and I think that's a lot um, That's a lot of what's important about understanding how the science of happiness works. It's about how you look at a situation, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's a fresh pair of eyes or the um, the beautiful pair that you're already working with. It's It's learning to be a glass half full versus a glass half empty. And, of course, you and I have been talking for years about the importance of set point. And for those of you who are not familiar with that term, there is a a formula for happiness. It's been around for over a decade. And that formula clearly indicates that if you assume a 50% predisposition for being happy or a happiness set point, what, what in, is included in the other 50%? And the bottom line is 40% are the intentional activities and behaviors you choose to engage in on a daily basis. And that 10%, which is situational, will eventually pass. And if you recognize that you cannot control everything, in that other 50%, 10% being situational, like mortgage rates or the economy or health, um, grief, death, losing your job. Those are things sometimes you cannot control. But that 40% of mindful behaviors and habits that help you increase your happiness are all about what we're going to be talking to, to you about in 
today's show on the pursuit of happiness. Sorelli, maybe we can start um, and have you talk a little bit about what you found most intriguing uh, in this new report on, sure. on happiness. And just to highlight our listeners, so we're going to talk about the happiness research. We're also going to talk about happiness uh, in the world, some of the information about that. We're also going to talk about some of the research about money and happiness. We're also going to talk about social media and happiness and then neuroscience. So those are kind of the key research pieces. And then Kathy and I are both going to pick some of our, our more engaging tools to share with you. So a lot of this, Kathy, you, know, you and I know, but I think for our audience this was pretty interesting, that when we just look at who are we becoming, and so it's really that gap between what's the optimistic expectations, reality people have about a new job, new position, you know, and everybody goes in with this, this gap, and then the reality may be, oh, there's more hours than I thought. Oh, this is harder than I thought. Or I'm working with some people I don't particularly like. Or my boss is this kind of person. Um, or I'm working more hours. So there's this gap, and, and I think we see it a lot. People are often cranky and dissatisfied. And as a consequence, you know, this um, search for how do I be happy? I thought I was going to be happier than I am, and they ended up, you know, being less happy. And so this idea of, of that we're talking about and that uh, people are trying to find out how can I be happier. So those are things that we're going to talk about, but I think some of the key things are just from the statistics, 25% of women are taking antidepressants. Where about five percent of men are, but that's a you know high ratio. Forty-eight percent of women and forty-four percent of men admit to eating to improve their mood. Their mood, you know, it does work. And so you're a little stressed out, and especially at the end of the day, you have those carbohydrate cravings. You eat more, and so so one, we're taking medications, you know, like antidepressants, and two, we're self-medicating, typically with food or it could be alcohol. You know, the, the martini and all those ways to kind of de-stress. Those are some of the kind of the key things that I'll just share an example I had. And then, Kathy, I'll have you jump in. Um, one of the women that I work with, an executive, same thing, Kathy, very much to you, like your story. And I was coaching her, and she uh, was Chinese, but she also dealt with the, um, from her work, dealing with a lot of conference calls to China. So it was a manufacturing company. And I just remember marveling at, just first, how much she worked. She worked a regular shift, and then she was on the phone after dinner almost the whole time. And, and a lot of our coaching was trying to negotiate, and it was a hard negotiation. Could she put down her BlackBerry and not look at it and not get on the phone from 7 o'clock at night to 9 o'clock at night? To me, it was just like, I can't believe we're struggling and I'm struggling to help her carve out two hours, you know, for her family. She had a son, and she started having a fair amount of medical aspects, and we were still struggling with, you know, could you put it down? Could you explain to your husband that, you know, you'll get back on it after dinner? And then, you know, she'd get back at 9, and then she'd have conference calls at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock uh, at night, and then would feel very guilty if we negotiated her coming in work late in the next day. She really was working two shifts. You know, until all of a sudden, you know, medically, she had some issues, and part of the win was negotiating with her to not come into work on a Friday and to work at home on Friday. And even that was a, was a big challenge. 
And I think that story, Kathy, is probably similar for a lot of folks that you deal with, and, and I think we're seeing more of this today. You know, it, it rings true for me as well. Um, in, in circumstances where I have worked with especially younger executives, I recently had a woman um, that I had an interaction with and wound up giving her some coaching advice over um, a period of time about leaving her cell phone on at night, right? Right. Very similar situation. Um, There is a huge cadre of people that you and I both work with in today's workplace who don't understand the boundaries required for a healthy, happy existence. And they think that because technology can be used 24 by 7, that they should have it on and can be accessible 24 by 7. So what I did in this particular instance was I advised her to create a boundary, turn off that cell phone at a certain time at night. And then what was interesting is once she got relief and realized she was sleeping through the night because her phone wasn't going off, she started to modify other parts of her behavior, which increased her happiness as well, because her health was increasing by also not sleeping with the television on, Mm -hmm. which was a big aha for her. She didn't realize that the light that's emitted by the television can significantly decrease your capacity for restful sleep. And so by turning off that cell phone and by putting a timer on the TV so it went off by itself... Mm. She started to retrain her brain so that she could have a happier existence, focused solely on better sleep, right, and, and a better quality of sleep. Well, it's interesting, Kathy, that you, you know, what you're saying, and you and I both do this. We, we call these, these micro-initiatives, and so far, listeners, these may not seem like big things, but they can be monumental. So we like to talk about these micro-initiatives can create a macro impact. And how do you just uh, pick out a few of these key things, and this is where you may come up with, whether it's from uh, some feedback or some assessment work, 360 feedback, what are the two or three things that sometimes you could turn down? And I like to use that term, you know, kind of like turning down the volume. How do you turn down some of that, maybe just work a little less, turn off your phone? You know, they're not drastic, but they can have a significant impact on your on your. Oh, absolutely. And, and hopefully as we go through today's show, we'll talk about setting the intentions for positive feelings. Um, I know you have been meditating for how many years? <laughs> I got my 10,000 hours. So here's my metric, Kathy. Ten days of, my, of a year, my brain is in alpha or theta waves. So I basically have a you know, a uh, 10-day retreat, but it's divided up in a small portions, you know, usually 40 minutes in a day, uh, you know, two or three settings. So I know it's many, many years you've been doing this. Yes, I've been doing it for, I think it's 38 years. Yeah, I I know it was a long time. So, you see, there are ways that we can accommodate setting the intention for positive feelings. Meditation is one way to do that. Exercise is another way to do that. Um, How we choose to look at a situation and the outcomes of that situation also contribute. 
So, what, you know, as we go through today's show, if there are some little tips and tidbits that we can help people mm-hmm. learn, as you said, micro-initiatives that have micro-impact, we'll help them continue throughout the show to set that intention for positive feeling. And one of the ways that we'll, we'll do that, obviously, is when we're firing together, meaning when our brains are firing together in health and well-being and our intentions are set for that, when they're firing together, they're also wiring together. And so these small things, micro, micro initiatives that have macro impact, learning that when our brain is firing together, we're wiring together, little sayings like that will also help us increase our life satisfaction and eventually our overall happiness. So let's um, maybe talk about um, some of this research and yeah. let's... Um, let's well, you know what? Let's go to a break, and yeah. we'll take a deeper dive when we come back. So don't go away. You're listening to Leadership Development News. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. We're always talking business. 
talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. And today we're talking about some tips and tools in the pursuit of happiness. You know, what it's doing to us and what we can do to enhance our uh, happiness. Uh, for more information about Kathy and I, you know, you can go to Excel, X-C-E-L, institute.com. And so one of the things, Kathy, I think was interesting about this new research was when people were asked, how happy are they? You know, at this stage of their life, are they as happy as they expected at this stage of their life? So maybe for our listeners, kind of just say, okay, well, where were you on that? Are you, are you as happy as you expected at this stage of your life? When the research was done, about 41% said they were, it was as, as expected. 28% said they were happier. And then 27%, a little over a quarter, said they were not happy. You know, when I saw that, I said, "That's you know, I thought that was pretty good. I thought the not happy would be even a little bit higher." Um, it also could be when people are maybe that forty-one percent as happy as they expected. They may not be raising the bar enough, Kathy. They may be thinking, "Ah, eh, this is good enough." You know, I'm happy enough. You know, versus you know, are there some things that I could be more happy? I could I could be more satisfied with my life. And, and I think that's a good point, Riley. I think there are there are things that impact that. So how about um, how about we talk about finances? Because yeah. people always think that money is going to make them happier, right? Right. We talk about being happier. And some interesting data. I did a show on ABC TV not too long ago um, with some data from Dan Gilbert's work at Harvard on income and happiness. And they looked at uh, thousands of individuals who were in relationships that had been stable and who had homes and, um, you know, what we would call good socioeconomic standing, about $50,000 on average. Um, They looked at increasing their income, and interestingly enough, when their income was modestly increased to about $75,000, They did get happier, but that happiness actually did not increase significantly after that first bump to $75,000. So the data seems to be clear that if you get an increase in income, it will produce greater happiness, but it doesn't necessarily have to be the millions of dollars or the hundreds of thousands of dollars that we originally thought. And in fact, a mere 10% bump in an average income of $50,000 a year will give us an increased or happier mental attitude, 
which is surprising because Mm -hmm. you hear most people talk about being happier when they've had hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars more. I think, and this is what's great about some of this research, you know, and you're talking about Gilbert's research, some of the, what's called the Easterlin effect that he did at USC in 1974, which now is being uh, challenged. And, and then it was saying, once our basic needs are met, that income doesn't increase subjective well-being. Well, now they're countering that with some of the research you're saying with Gilbert and others, saying, well, if we do more longitudinal, money does uh, help you become happier. But I think the critical piece is, like you said, Kathy, how much, but really more how do you use it. And so Ed Diener from the University of Illinois, and he's a big name in positive psychology, he studied uh, 806,000 people in 135 countries. And basically one of the findings he found that money can boost uh, happiness if it allows people to obtain more of the things they really need and desire. And so, and, and can I just say, yeah, need and desire within their frame of reference. Yes. Yeah. So it's kind of it, it kind of goes back to, you know, is it the brand new car? Is it this? It's 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 more kind of what's in you, maybe from in your value system. And I think some of the other research uh, from Ryan Howell at San Francisco State talks about you know your purchases and how do you spend money. And what I thought was interesting, I know you do this, Kathy, and I do this too, it's better to spend money on experiences than things. And so if you're, you know, it really is around trips, family trips. You know, one of the classes I had my doctoral program was on uh, family systems. And one of the things that we talked about was what do you remember from your family? And this goes back to the work-life balance for our listeners. And these are all doctoral students Two-thirds of the responses that we remembered about our own family were about trips that we took with our family. And I remember hearing that said, oh, okay, when I have a family, because I didn't have it then, i got to have some great trips because that's what's memorable, and that's what this research is showing, that you could buy things or you could buy experiences. And I think the buying experiences is going to help raise your happiness. Buying things may or may not, depending if, you know, if it's in your value system. No, absolutely. And what's fascinating is, again, this is an update on the 2012 World Happiness Report um, that is in Time Magazine. But the real bottom line for me is we know that memories, especially fond, positive memories that, again, set the intention, right, for positive feelings, can really have a booster effect on our morale and our way of being, mm-hmm. our feeling, our life satisfaction, and our health. Right. So it makes so much more sense to invest that money in a good positive memory as a result of a good positive experience. And even when experiences are less than positive, we often find that 90% of our humor comes from the almost terrible things that didn't That's happen. Right. That's right. You know, so again, it's how you choose to look at it. It's interesting um, to the point you made earlier when when Diener at uh, University of Illinois with those 806 plus thousand people in 135 countries looked at money. He he said that when desire outpaces what someone can afford, right. Even if they have a rise in their income, they can still have a decrease in the feeling of well-being because they're reaching 
or desires that are outpacing their capacity. Well, I think accruing the funds necessary to have those experiences. So one of the things that we have to be very mindful of is causing our own grief states as a result of not having an expectation that's in alignment with our capability. Well, and Kathy, to highlight just a couple things, then we'll get to our tools. You know, I usually say this, that comparison is a poison because we're always comparing ourselves, and typically are we comparing ourselves to someone who, uh, it, you know, it, we see as better, has more, and then we feel less than. Some of the research around the social media, you know, is, uh, aligns with that, and that 60% of respondents who are on Facebook or Twitter say that they don't feel better about themselves after spending time online. Right. 38% said yes, but I think it's that that same desire. If you're looking at somebody and say, oh, I, oh, I wish I could do that, I wish I could do that, it, it sets that mindset that I'm less than, I'm not doing what I want, that person's better off, I can't do that, and, and it really can change your mood to not feel happy. Yeah, in fact, in the same article where a lot of this happiness research um, in the double issue occurs, there's an article on um, does Facebook bring you down? And, yeah. in fact, you know, Facebook has been shown to have an impact on people's overall well-being. And if people are on Facebook uh, too frequently and they're using it as an open forum for bullying or harassing or being less than positive, it will definitely um, bite you in the butt, as we say, and it will decrease your overall happiness. So be careful, be mindful about what you're doing on Facebook. Why are you there? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the reality is, really, you and I both know getting into this comparison game is, is, is just a game of no-win situation. Right. And, and in our book, What Happy Women Know and What Happy Working Mothers Know, one of our, our, our main tips is don't ever play the comparison game mm-hmm. because someone will always lose. Yep. And it's just, uh, it's just not a good mental model. I think one of the things that's also exciting about the data is we're getting more into the genetics of happiness, and we're looking at the alleles, those, if you will, biological components that make up genetic code. And there are some really exciting findings. For example, if we look at some of the, the uh, neurotransmitters that, um, that help us in what we would call our feel-good moods, there's something called serotonin and dopamine. Um, serotonin, many of us experience after we eat a lot of uh, turkey around Thanksgiving. <laughs> Tryptophan is a mm-hmm. precursor. Um, and one of the things that we notice is it releases in us an increased capacity for positive anticipation. Uh, maybe that's why we like to eat turkey and watch football games. But, <laughs> yeah. but one of the things we know is that it helps us in our pursuit of goals. So that serotonin and dopamine, those feel-good neurotransmitters that are released, um, are, are positive, and they help us both in anticipation and pursuit of goals, which creates search activity. And to that end, what's fascinating is this also helps us understand why we are such movers, um, you know, people who migrate and who will become innovators and create uh, new ways of being, new ways of doing, and will actually be people who move into new areas 
that have not necessarily been tested before and or, if you will, be pioneers in different areas. So it's fascinating to see how, in fact, the genetic components of happiness are now being, I would say, revealed at a more discrete level to allow us to understand the biology of happiness. You know, I think just to highlight, Kathy, what you're saying, then we'll go to our our break. That search activity, if you think of it as a pre-activity for the goals and and for your leadership, you know, being really clear about that. Uh, As people have goals, are you leading people? Are you you being clear about what's next? Because that gets that dopamine and and the serotonin going that they – it's the search. And then we talked about often when you complete the goal – there may be a, a reduction of that, and sometimes it's, it's more satisfying going after the goal than achieving it. But then we talked about, as a leader, how do you talk about what worked? How do you identify how do we get there? In a way, it's after the goal has been achieved that you can bring back some of that afterglow. So you've got the pre-initiative kind of uh, uh, initiative you know, a neurotransmitters going, you get the goal, you achieve it, and then a way to continue that in the post is these conversations and what Kathy and you and I like to do. How do we draw out best practices so they can repeat that? But from a brain chemistry standpoint, it is trying to solidify and continue some of that, that afterglow. So we're going to go to our, our next break, and then we'll be right back with Leadership Development News, and now we'll move into our tips and tools stage. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. 
Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practice Top Performers. We wanted to give you a couple tools. Kathy has some, I have some, um, to move forward. One of the things just in the when I interviewed Kathy initially is around optimism and Kathy mentioned that kind of that mindset. And I think sometimes think about this for yourself because these are pretty basic. This is from Martin Seligman who we've interviewed. Do you see things that go on as specific versus pervasive? Someone who's optimistic sees it as specific time limited. It's not pervasive. It's not my whole life. It's just one event. You also do you see things as temporary versus permanent. So this, too, will end is temporary versus permanent. And then the other aspect is around responsibility. So we're kind of looking at these three variables, specific, pervasive, temporary, permanent, and are you taking too much responsibility, therefore it's all my fault, or are you not taking any responsibility And um, as far as solving the problem? And so for leaders, you can kind of have a conversation with your people about specific pervasive, temporary, permanent, and the appropriate amount of responsibility. They may not be at, that's kind of a play on words here, the origin of the problem. They didn't start it. Some other department, someone else did, but you'd like them to be at the ownership of the solution. So those are some things about being more optimistic than pessimistic. So, Kathy, you want to maybe jump in, and then I'll save the emotional audit for afterwards? Sure. Um, one of the things that I'm very excited about is my forthcoming ebook, Top Secrets of the Best Companies to Work For. And this is modeled um, in large part, really, after your terrific field guide called Leadership Keys. It essentially takes the, uh, the reader through the aspects of emotional intelligence that are key to success and then gives them a tool related to each of those emotional intelligence competencies that will increase their capacity, hopefully, in that emotional intelligence trait if they use the tool. And one of the things that um, I find very interesting is people need to constantly reassess and reevaluate how happy you really are. And you can do that very quickly by using something called the commitment assessment. Now, the commitment assessment is in the top secrets, but it's also something that I'll post 
to our Excel Institute website, www.excelinstitute.com website, to make sure everybody has access to it after the show. And essentially, you can use a piece of paper and write down the following. Think of two or three, at most, activities that you do every day that are a key value for you. So these are things that are important to you. Two to three activities that are key values for you. The second is to look at the amount of time you spend on that activity dedicated to supporting a value and the amount of money that you spend on that. So a good example might be pursuing a career that you love. Well, let's look at how much time you spend doing that. For some of us, it's 40 hours a week. For some of us, it's 60 hours a week. And then let's look at how much of your time and your budget you're actually spending on that. So career, time, 40 to 60 hours a week, and how much of your money are you spending on that? And I would use a percentage, okay, based on 100% of what you have to spend. Now, if the time is 40 to 60 and the expense is greater than 75% of your income, you need to really look at the third factor here. Does that give you positive energy, put a plus next to it, or does that sap, what we'd say sap, S-A-P, sap your energy? Is it an energy vampire or is it an energy umpire for you and put a negative next to it? Once you have a list of these, um, I'd say three activities, start calibrating them over a three-month period and check in on those what I'd call commitment assessment activities and make sure that they're not bringing down your level of happiness because they're out of balance. You can't be spending 40, 60 hours a week on something that doesn't give you energy and that is absorbing all of your income. It has to be in balance. If you're spending 40 hours a week, make sure you're only using a proportion of your income to pursue that and it's giving you at least 40 to 50% increase in life satisfaction and overall happiness. How's that? That's great, Kathy. So that's very helpful for people to really prioritize, you know, what they're doing. Okay, so let me zero in on another piece. This is what it is, you know, most of us we know are kind of on automatic. And so one of my focuses, especially in the work that I'm doing and that we're doing, Kathy, is how do we get people being more conscious, less on automatic, being more conscious, and even in the moment, being able to catch yourself so that you're not being triggered, you're not comparing, you know, all the things that we said. There's a lot of triggers that go on for folks. Someone's better than me. They're taking up more time. So this emotional audit is five questions, and it goes along with what we already know. It's kind of a mindfulness exercise, but we already know about counting to 10 and taking a deep breath. We've all heard that from some wise person in our family. Oh, you know, your grandmother or someone else, oh, honey, just take a deep breath and count to 10. So while you're counting to 10, and this is if you're triggered, meaning your amygdala now has some blood and oxygen there, you may not be thinking as clearly. This is a way, it's almost like taking a compass and reorienting yourself. These five questions are turning on the light on the prefrontal cortex that sometimes get turned off when you're more agitated. And so the first one is, what am I thinking? And then you pause and see what comes up. 
You know, I'll, I'll give an example. So you're in a meeting. What am I thinking? When's this meeting going to get over? What am I feeling? You are frustrated. You're discouraged. Those two questions, when you're triggered, are probably the same things. It's self-knowledge about yourself. What am I thinking? What am I feeling? It's the same two or three things. Third question, what do I want in this situation? Well, I want to kind of get the, this meeting back on track. I want to get this over with. And so what I want will be different. The fourth question is, how am I getting in my way? So that's really useful information for you. Uh, I'm just sitting here. I'm not saying anything. Or I'm sitting here tapping my, my pencil and being disruptive. Okay, it's good for you to know that. How are you getting away? That's information about you. And then the last question is, now that I have this data, what do I need to do differently? could be a great thing to start your meetings. It's kind of a clearing the deck. As I said, it's kind of a mindfulness to let people just ask those questions. What are they thinking? What are they feeling? What do they want now? Is there any way they could be getting in their way? Now they have all that information. What are you going to do differently? So that's that. Oh, Kathy, do we have time for another one? Let me... Uh, Jump in this, and then I think we'll bring it to a close. We all know from the the research about the three to one ratio. Ideally, to to have three positive to one negative. We heard this in one of our interviews, Kathy. That why is that? The positive is like Teflon. The negative things that happen is like Velcro. It's so powerful. It's sticking to you. You replay it. No, so absolutely. In your relationships, you know that's another scorecard. You know what was your ratio yesterday with your people? Did you give them three to one? What was the ratio you got from your boss? And finally, I would just throw in there, Riley, as we come to a close, the HAPPY model, H-A-P-I-E. One of the things that we realize um, is if you are heartfelt, if you can adapt every day, if you can create profit with people, not at the expense of people, if you can be an invigorated stakeholder, and engage others as an invigorated stakeholder in all of your goals and engage everyone as though you are a community leader and you are engaged in doing great things for everyone around you, that H-A-P-I-E, happy model, can take you a long way as well. Kathy, that's, that's wonderful. Um, Thank you very much for in sharing what, what you did. I'm glad we had this uh, this opportunity. And like we said, we'll try to highlight some of these tools to go to um, com. So this is Leadership Development News. Um, tune in to tune up your performance, and we'll see and hear you again next week. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.